morning. Glad each of you are here in the house of the Lord today. Exodus chapter 18, if you have your Bibles this morning. I met someone before service, and I said, how are you today? And they were at work day yesterday. They looked at me, and they said, tired. <laughs> so if you were at work day yesterday and you were tired, well, I join with you this morning. Appreciate the productive day we had. Exodus 18, and we will begin with verse number 24, and I'm going to read down through verse 27. I was at camp this week, and Brother uh, Andrew Romine was preaching the night service and was speaking to him after service. We were just chatting, and uh, he just made a little statement in passing and when he made the statement in passing, the Lord quickened some things into my spirit. And I jokingly said, thank you for that word. I'm going to be preaching this on Sunday morning. And he looked at me kind of strange and he kind of chuckled like a yell right kind of thing. And I said, no, I just felt an impression of the Holy Ghost. And I will be speaking on Sunday morning uh, from that thought. So, um, We'll see what the Lord has for us. The Lord has just continually dealt with me throughout this week. And uh, I pray I have a word to speak to somebody this morning. Exodus 18, verse 24. So Moses hearkened to the voice of his father-in-law and did all that he said. That's not the word, Dan. That's not the word. And Moses chose able-bodied men out of Israel and made them heads over the people. Rulers of thousands, rulers of hundreds, rulers of fifties, and rulers of ten. In the understanding of this passage, Moses had the ability to be able to choose And based on their leadership abilities, capabilities, they were placed in, in levels of leadership. Some to rule over thousands, some over hundreds, rulers of fifties and rulers of tens. And they judged the people at all seasons, the hard cases they brought to Moses. But every small matter they judged themselves. And Moses let his father-in-law depart. Everybody say they let him go. And he went his way into his own land. And Moses let his father-in-law depart win his way into his own land. I want to speak for a little bit this morning by the help of the Lord and with your help this morning. Let Jethro go. Let Jethro go. Let's pray together today. Lord, I pray your help as I preach what you have laid upon my heart this morning, I pray that every heart, every person, every mind, 
Lord, may be subject to the word of the Lord this morning. I pray for apostolic authority and influence on everything that I do and say this morning. Lord, I pray that the flesh does not get in the way of what the Spirit wants to accomplish this morning. Lord, I pray that every high spirit comes down and that your spirit takes over. And Lord, by the time we leave here this morning, that there is a manifestation of your spirit and your power in the name of Jesus, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you. You can be seated this morning. God had delivered the children of Israel from Egypt and good things had happened under Moses' leadership. Now, pay attention to, to what happens as all of the people of God are led successfully out of the land of Egypt. This is no small thing. This is no small thing. The Red Sea crossing, the, the army behind them, uh, pressing upon them. God makes a way by, uh, by the parting of waters and then destroys the enemy. There is miraculous provision. There's miraculous influence. There's miraculous protection that is happening through all of this passage uh, as we read through the book of Exodus. And we see the influence and hand of God upon Moses as God has directed him as the leader to do the work that he has called him to do. And this is the typical point where people want to connect with you so that they can speak into your life. I don't know why I've been drawn back here several times over the last, over the last little while. Uh, the last few months I have come back here in several Wednesday lessons. We have come back here to this point. And, and we're back here today because I see it so clearly that as the success of Moses in leading the people of God and the influence that is now happening, and when people begin to hear about this, this is the point where they want to connect with you so they can speak into your life and get credited for your success. Now, they may not know you when you are broke, busted, and not able to do anything and have nothing going your way. And nobody knows what I'm talking about this morning. They don't know you when things aren't going your way, but as soon as you have a little bit of success, you have more mentors and people speaking into your life than you know what to do with. Everybody's coming along, sin of God, to speak a word to you. So the children of Israel are now out of Egypt and Moses is leading them by the direction of God. And now remember in this, in this storyline that God called Moses away from tending the sheep on the backside of a Midian desert and he is tending the sheep for Jethro, his father-in-law. And God speaks to him and calls him from his mediocre life 
I don't even know that tending sheep was considered a mediocre life. Perhaps it was even considered uh, a very base life, a very low life, if you please. He was on the backside of a Midian desert tending sheep. And he, he comes in the rescue because the women are being mistreated. And he comes to the rescue and Jethro hears about it and brings him in to tend his sheep. Now Jethro is a wealthy man and he is leading the herd of Jethro and God speaks to him. And he calls him out of a burning bush that burned with fire but was not consumed. And the voice of God came to him and said, Take off your shoes for you're standing on holy ground. And I would have been leaving that place. Moses begins to argue with God. Most of you here this morning clearly remember and know this storyline. Moses tries to get out of what God had called him to do. The Lord specifically spoke to Moses And he said, I will deliver them, but it is your job to lead them and to speak to them. Now, God specifically tells Moses, you are the guy to be the leader, and you are the guy to be the spokesperson. Now, after they were free from Egypt, Moses' task now as they have moved into the wilderness and have come near to Mount Sinai, Moses' task now included climbing up the mountain where that he would meet with God and God would meet with him. And God would speak to him and God would tell him what he was to go down and tell the people. Now, I'm intentionally moving slow this morning because I want all of the details of this story to come together because if you miss some piece of this, this is a very detail-oriented message because if we miss some of the pieces of this, we may miss a word that God is wanting to speak to somebody today. So, he's on the mountain And God is speaking to him and telling him to go down and to speak what God has spoken to him. Now, news of Moses' success spreads through the land like prairie fire. They have now learned that the people of God have been set free from the bondage of Egypt. And one by the name of Jethro, Moses, now ex-father-in-law, has heard the story and heard the message. And he wanted to come down to where the people of God were. He wanted to get to the point and the place where, uh, where Moses was so that he could talk to him and find out how that he was faring. And he wanted to meet with him and he wanted to talk with him. And so the story says that Jethro comes now to Moses 
And he came to visit him because of his success. Now let me tell you, your success will always draw a group of people. The motive that they come is what you've got to be careful about. So news of Moses' success spreads, and now here comes Jethro. Now pay attention because sometimes God will call you away from something before he calls you to your next assignment. Sometimes God will call you away from Jethro before you clearly understand where he's taking you to. Now there are some things that you must understand about Jethro in this passage. Jethro's not a bad man. As a matter of fact, Jethro was a very smart man. Jethro was a wealthy man. Jethro was a good man. There were a lot of good things about Jethro. He was a smart man. He was a wealthy man. Uh, I started reading about Jethro, and it said, uh, you know, he's a smart man. I thought, okay, I'll fit there. He was a wealthy man. Well, it's not talking about me. But Jethro, interesting enough, was believed to have been one of Pharaoh's counselors. Pay attention now. Thus giving him prestige and social popularity. Jethro was not only intelligent and wealthy, but Jethro came from high political places. He was an advisor to, to Pharaoh. He was a counselor to Pharaoh. Jethro, the word, the name Jethro, I don't want to be named Jethro. I hope I'm not offending anybody. Any Jethros in the house this morning? I want to come personally apologize if you're there's a Jethro in the house today. The word Jethro or the name Jethro means abundance. Abundance. Now Jethro's starting to sound better, isn't it? It means abundance. Can I just draw a parallel or two here? Sometimes God calls you away from abundance. Sometimes God tells you to let abundance go. Let Jethro go. Jethro was known to be exceeding wise. He was a smart man. He was also a wise man. There's a difference. As a matter of fact, Jethro was founder of the modern day Jethro leadership principle. How many of you have heard of that? The Jethro leadership principle is a very uh, basic yet popular leadership principle that is being taught all over the world and has been used for many years as a principle, particularly in churches. I'll, I'll, I'll lay it out. It's a biblical perspective in Exodus chapter 18. You can read about it uh, along about verse number 13. It says that it comes to pass on the morrow that Moses set to judge the people. And the people stood by Moses from the morning until the evening. 
And when Moses' father-in-law saw all that he did to the people, he said, what is this thing that thou doest to the people? Why are you going to sit there thyself alone? And all the people by thee from morning until evening. And Moses said to his father-in-law, don't get sarcastic with me. Sometimes we've got to straighten the father-in-laws out. I seriously considered having my father-in-law sit on the platform by me while I preached this this morning. There's just so many good parallels to draw here today. And Moses said to his father-in-law, I'm doing this because the people come to me to inquire of God. When they have a matter, they come to me. And I judge between one another, and I I do know the statutes of God and His laws. And Moses' father-in-law said to him, The thing that thou doest is not good. Now, I have heard this. I have preached this. I have talked about this. I have used this. And I never saw what I saw in Scripture over the last few days of research and study of this passage. Jethro looks at him and he's like, you're not that smart, boy. I've heard it. Thou wilt surely wear away. I assure you, I have no problems, Dan. He says it's going to wear you out and it's going to wear the people out. This thing is too heavy for you, he says. Thou art not able to perform it alone. Then Jethro says, now no, watch this, watch this. Am I boring all of you yet? Because if I am, you're going to miss everything I've said. I get through, you're going to say, I don't know what he preached about. But if you pay attention, you're going to get this. And you've got to catch all these details to get it, all right? So here's the deal. So verse 19, Jethro says, Hearken now unto my voice. Jethro says to Moses, Hearken unto my voice. I will give thee counsel. You just led six million people out of bondage across the Red Sea. God provided. God called you. God spoke to you on the backside of a Midian desert. God brought you through, led six, six million people through out into the wilderness. Now here you are out working. This is a big job. Of course it's a big job. I got 6,000 people in my church. And along comes his father-in-law saying, this job's too big for you. Listen to me and let me give thee counsel and God shall be with thee. Therein lies the idea of the Jethro leadership principle. It's been, been used by many around the world for centuries. It has blessed many. It has been a blessing to many. I'm not knocking the leadership principles, but I want, to, I want you to be real careful about the spirit that is being manifest in this passage. 
what we must remember is that God called Moses out of a burning bush and said, go lead the people out. I will deliver them. I will speak to you, and I will tell you what to say to the people. God never called Jethro out. God never sent Jethro. Jethro came of his own will, of his own accord. He comes to step into the middle of a successful ministry in, 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 in action. And he says, what you're doing is not good. Listen to me and God will be with you if you'll stop doing what you're doing. Could I preach for a moment about the humanistic spirit that is attached to Jethro. It doesn't matter what God says. It doesn't matter the success that you've already had in your life. It doesn't matter how God brought you out. It doesn't matter how many Red Seas you have walked across dry. It doesn't matter how many Egyptians God has killed behind you. It doesn't matter how well things are going. It doesn't matter that God led you to where you are with fire and smoke and clouds. And it's God that brought you here. Stop doing what you're doing and start doing what I tell you to do. And I can assure you God will still be with you. God will never follow an evil evil, humanistic spirit. Ever. God never called Jethro. Watch now. Jethro is an advisor, remember, to Pharaoh. It was the principles of Jethro to Pharaoh that led the children of Israel into bondage and built what they believed the pyramids were built on the back of God's people. It was the same principle. Now, I'm debunking some leadership principles this morning. Don't get nervous. I'm going to try to make a point out of this by the time I'm all done. Could it be that it was the Jethro principle that was at work in Egypt? If he was a counselor to Pharaoh, telling Pharaoh, here's how you get the job done. And Pharaoh hearkened to his words, and it kept God's people in bondage. Then God sends a lowly shepherd from the backside of a Midian desert that he had prepared for some 80 years and here he wanders into the palace of Pharaoh and begins to lead them out. He's having success. Along comes the advisor and he says, if I can't get them and keep them in bondage in Egypt, I will keep them in bondage in the wilderness. Watch. Jethro brought principles taught in Egypt by people who were called to be free. 
and to be led by the voice of God, not by the voice of man. Watch, watch. If your spirit is open today, God's going to speak a word into somebody's life this morning. But Jethro provided a new way that seemed on the surface to be better than God's way. Let me read this to you. Verse 21, Moreover thou shalt provide out of all the people able men, such as fear God, men of truth, hating covetousness, and place such over them to be rulers of thousands and rulers of hundreds and rulers of fifty and rulers of ten. And let them judge the people at all seasons. And it shall be that at every great matter they shall bring unto thee. But every small matter they shall judge. So shall it be easier for thyself. There's the humanistic spirit. Watch. It will be easier for you. I know what God called you to do, but it would be easier for you. I know what, you're, what the Lord said to do, and I know God didn't send me, but I'm not going to remind you that God didn't send me. What I'm going to do is tell you it's going to be easier for you. What I'm going to do is show you how that it's going to benefit you if you do what Jethro's telling you to do. If you'll hearken to the words of Jethro, your life's going to be better. Things are going to be better. Your home's going to be better. Your job's going to be better. Your life's going to be better. Your rest is going to be better. You're going to go places and do things because you if you will hearken to me and you're going to do it because well God's going to be with you wink wink it amazes me how many people hear from God that don't ever talk to God if you don't have a prayer life don't tell me how many times God's speaking to you <laughs> there's a lot of people led by God but don't ever talk to God about the leading well I better stay in here If thou shalt do this thing, and God commanded, God command thee so, then thou shalt be able to endure, and all the people shall also go to their place in peace. Verse 24. So Moses hearkened to the voice of his father-in-law and did all that he said. Now, this was new for Moses because Moses was accustomed to talking with God himself on the mountaintop and God speaking directly to him and him coming back down the mountain and telling the people what God said. But now his father-in-law, he has hearkened to who said, just put people over it. And remove yourself from it. And only let them bring the hard issues to you. And get you a six pack of Mountain Dew and sit by the bubbling brook. And enjoy a little life. 
while your people are going to move forward and things are going to be easier for you and easier for them. But there is a problem that existed. Moses wasn't accustomed to this way of thinking. The people even accepted it and stepped into it. Well, of course they did because now there's new appointees and people are excited because they're concerned about their own position and will I be the next guy appointed and will I be, where will I be? And so they get excited about it and so they're going along with it. Now he has hearkened to the words of Jethro. It is a new chapter. It is a new season in the life of Moses and the children of God. Here is the issue. During the time of the Jethro leadership principle being established over the people of God. And Moses removing himself from the job that God had called him to do out of a burning bush. You will not find one time or one place where God ever spoke to Moses or spoke to the people of God. God went silent. You want to do it your way? There's something that you can expect when humanistic spirits begin to elevate the silence of God. Because God is never going to marry into, merge himself into, become a partner with a humanistic spirit. The word of God is full of putting the flesh under subjection. Bringing the will of the flesh under subjection. Bringing your mind in submission to the spirit of God. Because the two will never be able to walk together and agree. I don't know about you this morning, but I'm very clear on this. I would rather have the voice of God and be weary every day of my tired life than to miss the voice of God. I want to hear from heaven, and I want to bring the voice of God, the word of God to the people. Now watch. They were living on good leadership principles that made perfect sense. It's rational. Humanism is usually rational. It usually makes sense. It just may not be God's plan. It may not be the way God wants to do it because remember something. It took a miracle for you to get out of Egypt. And it's going to take a miracle for you to be sustained in the wilderness. Humanism and miracles don't run hand in hand. If you want miracles, you've got to have the word of the Lord. If you want miracles, you've got to have the voice of God. They were living in the silence of God. Verse 27 says, 
And Moses let, everybody say he let, his father-in-law depart. And it went his way into his own land. Let Jethro go. Because the pressure that the spirit of Jethro can put up on your life will derail everything God is wanting to do in your life. Because it will cause you to be abnormal to what you normally are. Because you will try to conform to the Jethro principle. There are some times that we reach a point of letting some voices and letting some people go in our life if we are going to get back to the point of hearing the voice of God. Well, that got about four hand claps and they were a little half-hearted. I'm going to say it one more time because here is the, is, the, is the crucial part of this message. If you are going to get back to the point of hearing the voice of God, it may be that you've got to let Jethro go so you no longer have his intimidating voice speaking into your life. It makes perfect sense, but it's not the will of God. But it's not the plan of God. Just because somebody has good things to offer doesn't mean that it's all good. Here's a good gauge. How long has it been since the voice of God has spoken to you? And not through the voice of Jethro. There are some influences that I refuse to allow access to speak into my life or my ministry. I talked to a group of young men and they're praying with me about some things because I'm seeking the direction of God for some things in my personal future. And I, we, in a prayer meeting, I spoke just, just a hint to them. Several of them have come to me and we have talked just a little bit about it. And I'm looking for the wisdom of God and in the direction of the Lord to know exactly the steps to take because I believe in apostolic covering. I believe in apostolic mentorship. I believe, I believe in all of those things. I believe that every Everybody needs a pastor and everybody needs a bishop and everybody needs confidants and everybody needs people to speak into their life. I believe it from the top of my head to the sole of my feet. But the issue is, is I want to be very careful who it is that I'm allowing to speak into my life. I don't need some worldly influence to come tell me, well, Brother Jordan, as your mentor, what you need to do is if you would let up here or you'd step aside here, the church would really grow. I rebuke that in the name of the Lord. I will not open myself to such talk and such discussion. I want mentors in my life that are telling me climb up the mountain in the morning and pray. I want a mentor that's calling me to prayer, a mentor that's meeting me on the mountain. I want a mentor that knows about Sacrifice in the valley and prayer on the mountain. I want somebody speaking into my life that knows what it is to hear the voice of God and to speak the voice of God. 
I'd rather have the voice of God in my life. I'd rather have the voice of God in my life. Whoever keeps accessing the infinity uh, internet system, if you would please pause for a moment. I'm struggling with my notes. Thank you. It kicks up on my screen. It's not a rebuke. That's just a request I'm trying to preach. Every time you hit it, it's coming up on my screen. Some influences I'm not going to allow into my life. They may have some good things to say, some good principles to teach. But I'd rather have the voice of God than anything else in this world. I would rather have the voice of God in my life than a thousand mentors that operate in the realm of human reasoning. I have reached a point in my life I refuse to let Jethro in and I will let Jethro go. Listen, God walked with Adam in the garden in the cool of the evening. They had an appointed time for a daily conversation. But as soon as Adam hearkened to the voice of Eve, he lost the access to the daily voice of God in the garden in the cool of the evening. I come this this morning to remind you that you need to set an appointed time to talk with God in the cool of the morning or the evening or whenever it is. But you need to set an appointment with God and you need to hear from God. every day have your mentors wonderful but don't ever let them step over the voice of God in your life that is speaking direction to you don't sell out your communication with God for human reasoning I'd rather have one voice of God than than a million words from the world Sometimes all we need is just one word from the Lord. A word from God in due season is more important than anything else. Two times this week alone, I had men whom I don't even know that just happened by and said, I have a word for you. I was out at the campus. My brother and I, you see, we had gotten up, gone to Kramer's, and uh, gone to Rule King. We'd worked half a day. And it's lunchtime. We went to lunch, called my wife, let her know we'd put in half a day. See if she wanted to meet us. We hadn't even broke a sweat. We went to lunch. I came back from lunch. Walked in, and there was our district superintendent and his wife, brothers and sister Strout. They had stopped by to visit. I walked in, greeted them, and just their presence. Now, I'm not glorifying and deifying a political position, but I have a great deal of confidence in Brother Strout. I know Brother Dan, I think... You may have gone to Bible college with him, known him for a long time. I walked in, him just being there, it just brought me a certain sense of confidence. And I just, I said a few things, but I listened more than I talked. And the whole time I'm thinking, God has sent him to speak a word and I don't want to miss it. 
I don't want to miss it. And I'm weighing on every word. And I'm listening intently. And I'm listening very closely. Because it doesn't matter if God has to speak through a donkey if a man won't speak. But I want to hear the voice of God when he is wanting to speak into my life. I don't want to hear from God occasionally. I'm willing to climb the mountain every day if I can hear the voice of God. Here's what Jesus said. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith to the church. Everybody got two ears in here? One of mine's just about closed, but it's still there. I got 75% hearing loss in my left ear, so I'm about half deaf. Well, three quarters. Well, no, actually, here's the way I think of it. I've got 75% hearing loss in my left ear, 25% hearing loss in my right ear. 75 and 25, that's 100%, so I got one good ear. So I can still hear everything you're thinking. Jesus said, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit. Not what Jethro says. Let him hear what the Spirit saith to the church. The book of Revelation wraps it all up several times through the Scripture. It says over and over again, he that hath an ear, let him hear. He that hath an ear, let him hear. He that hath an ear, let him hear. Get to the book of Revelation. He that hath an ear, let him hear. The Lord is wrapping it all up, telling you over and over again, church, hear what the Spirit is saying. Hear what the Spirit is saying. Don't listen to Jethro. Don't listen to the voice of Jethro. Don't let human reasoning get in the way. Listen to the voice of God. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit I believe that God is speaking to the church in these last days. It's not coming through the voice of Jethro. But it's because there is a Moses that is climbing the mountain to hear the voice of God. Adam met with God every Evening after sundown, the appointment was prearranged. Here's what I'm trying to get to today. It's time, CLC, that we set an appointment to meet with God and for us not to go to Him telling Him everything that's wrong in our life. But after you're done telling him all of your needs and wants and after you're done directing him around, how about we pause long enough to let him talk to us? Because when Adam met with him, the Lord did some talking to Adam as well as Adam to him. When Moses went up the mountain, he talked to God. But in turn, God talked back to him. When you read through it, you'll find out God did more talking than Moses did. Because Moses was a man that was slow of speech and he struggled to, to articulate what he was thinking but God could clearly speak to him and put it in terms that he could go back to the people and speak exactly what he wanted him to hear. I wonder today, is there anybody in the house that is willing to set an appointed time in your life and say, I'll climb up the mountain and hear the voice of God. I'm not going to let the word of human reasoning get in the way. I want to hear the voice of God. I want to hear the voice of God. I want to hear what God is speaking into my life. 
I'm going to try to wrap this up very quickly. Give me just a moment. I don't want anything hindering me from hearing the voice of God. Now watch. Chapter 19 picks up. Moses lets Jethro go. Chapter 19 picks up with Moses deciding since his, here's where you got to get this, ready? Since his father-in-law is gone, the first action of Moses was to go back up the mountain. Because I won't get criticized now. Because I let Jethro go. I won't get made fun of now because I let Jethro go. I let him go his own way and into his own land. You get those words, Spencer, you're Mr. Etymology. You get those words, I'll let him go his own way and to his own people and it go back into his own land. O-W-N, whatever he owns, he can have but he can go back wherever he came from. But now that Jethro is gone, the first action of Moses is he began to climb back up the mountain because he says, I've missed the voice of God for a season, but I let Jethro go because I realized he was preventing me from climbing up the mountain. Before Jethro got here, good things were happening among God's people. I want to get back to hearing the voice of God and taking a word back to the people. And as soon as he gets up the mountain, God again speaks to Moses. And the first thing that the Lord says to him Go back and tell the people. Go back and tell the people. Well, Jethro wouldn't be happy with that. That's right. That's why you let Jethro go. I'm talking to you. And I'm sending you back down the mountain. And when you get back down the mountain, you point your toes at them and you tell them exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> I'll never forget during my season at Calvary Tabernacle, I went to walk out and preach one time. Brother Mooney calls me into his office. I walked into his office. He looked at me. He had his glasses kind of pulled down on the tip of his nose. He looked at me out over the top of his, of his glasses. He said, go out there. Point your toes at that congregation and you tell them whatever God told you to tell them. <laughs> Moses gets up the mountain and God says, you go back down the mountain. And when you get back down the mountain, I want you to speak to the people. I want you to speak to the people as soon as Jethro leads, leaves town. Moses climbs the mountain. I, I'm going to come at you hard this morning. I want to ask you a couple of questions that may fit into the framework of this message. Who is keeping you from hearing the voice of God? Who shall be able to separate you from the love of God? Is it principality, power, things present, things to come? All of these things, none of those things would be able. There's only two things that will keep you from it. It's you or the peer pressure of Jethro. 
Because you and human reasoning can push anything out that God is wanting to do. I rebuke human reasoning. I rebuke humanism in the church. Get it out. I want to hear the voice of God. I want to hear what God is saying. I'll let Jethro go, but I got to hear the voice of God. Verse 3 says, Moses went up unto God. And before he ever had a chance to say anything, you know, we, we rush into prayer, right? Like we run into prayer. Oh, God, I want you to do this. Oh, God, I want you to do that. Watch. Verse nine, chapter 19, verse 3. And Moses went up unto God, and the Lord called unto him out of the mountain. You know what I believe when you let Jethro go? Some of the things you're struggling with is going to dissipate because God is going to thunder from the mountain and say, if you would have done this a long time ago, I would be able to heal your situation, fix your problem, help you. But because you kept Jethro in the way, now I cannot speak and will not speak. But you got rid of Jethro. Now I will speak unto you. The Lord is saying to Moses, I never intended for you to listen to Jethro. I called you while you were on the backside of a Midian desert watching sheep. Moses, it was your voice. I wanted speaking to the people. It was you I wanted climbing up the mountain, but you appointed people. When you go back down the mountain, here's what I want you to do. I want you to put some parameters around the mountain. And you tell them you are not to cross over it. When you read into the text, you're going to see very clearly Moses anticipated somebody in the camp was going to say, well, that's not what Jethro said. And God said, you put the parameters around the mountain. And you go down and you tell them that they are not to go beyond. They are not to touch the mountain. They are not to get near it. They're not to go there. You, Moses, is the only one that I'm going to speak through in this season. You, Moses, is the only person that I'm going to speak through. Moses, you tell them. And here's what's going to happen. You're going to tell them. They're going to start pouting and finding fault and looking around and looking over their shoulder and sending text messages out saying, what in the world is he talking about? And here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to send thunder and lightning upon the mountain. I'm going to cover the mountain with smoke. I'm not making this up. It's right here in chapter 19. He says, minus the text messages, of course. But he says, I'm going to send my spirit down and I'm going to send thunder and lightning and smoke and I am going to confirm that I spoke with you and the people are going to believe. Because it is your voice, Moses. It is your voice that I want the people to hear. And then here's what he said. Read it when you get home. If they will hear your voice, then I will release a word. And they will hear my voice. (laughs) 
You can cling to Jethro all you want, but I'll let Jethro go because Moses, when they hear your voice, then they're going to hear my voice. And the Lord thundered from the mountain and it frightened the people and they ran to their tent. Don't be afraid of God's voice. He's just proud that you let Jethro go. Now let him speak into your life because he's not coming to destroy you, to kill you, or to hurt you, but he's coming to give you life and give you life more abundantly. He's coming to give you direction this world cannot give. Oh, somebody stand to your feet and give God a shout of praise in the house this morning. I'm closing today, but before I close, I wonder this morning how many of you that God has spoken to in the message that I preached today and as God has spoken into your spirit how many of you are already writing the release notice Jethro you're gone Jethro you're out of here here's the sign ordinance you go on back your own way I want to hear the voice of God pastor I'm ready to climb up the mountain pastor let's get up on the mountain let's talk to the Lord let's hear the voice of God I want the voice of God again speaking I want to do what he wants me to do. Oh, come on, put your hands in the air. Reach out to the Lord right where you are this morning. Is there anybody ready to climb the mountain today? Anybody that wants to let Jethro go out of your life? Start climbing back up the mountain. We need a word from God. You can't hear the voice of Jethro and the voice of God because the voice of Jethro will drown out the voice of God every time. But when you let Jethro go, the voice of God will be made clear. Yes. 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 Come on, let's not just come and pretend to have a little church this morning. I open these altars. Why don't you join us here in the front this morning? Come on, we want the voice of God. We want to hear from God. I don't want to let human reasoning get in the way. Come on, let's talk to the Lord a few minutes. Some of us need to let Jethro go. That needs to be your prayer right now. God, give me order. Give me direction. Help me understand how that I can rebuke this spirit out of my life, that I can release this out of my life, that your voice can speak again. Yeah. Chains are 
Oh, yes. Come on, I want to hear the voice of God today. I want to hear the voice of God today. I want to hear a word from the Lord today. Make this your prayer song.